open to hear the Holy Spirit convict us. God, we come before you, God, your people, your body, your children. God, desiring and, and longing to hear from you, God, we just pray right now over Matt. God, that you would uh, put on his heart and on his lips and on his mind uh, the very words from you, God, to us and to him. God, would he be able to clearly explain what uh, you've put upon his heart? And God, would you uh, convict us through your spirit and move us towards holiness? God, that we would be a people known for our purity in you and our righteousness that is only found in Christ. But God, that you've moved us and changed our heart. And through this sermon, God, that you would continue that work. Jesus, we love you, we thank you, and we praise your holy name. Amen. Worship. The green, the green thing, right? The green light? Is that me? Everyone hear me now? Am I good? It's good to see everybody. A few more people than I expected. I thought maybe with it being cold, there'd only be like five or six people, but that's all right. That's all right. I'm doing all right. Bear with me. Um, I just want to touch base with going through this. I'm just going to be going over the different members of the body, so I'm not going to do any sort of deep theological dive. I just want to kind of go over general um, what people's not responsibilities are, but their giftings in the church, and I just want to kind of go through. So tonight we will be in 1 Corinthians 12:12, uh, 12, 12, and I'll be going through verse 12 to about uh, verse 30 uh, time, if time prohibits. But as everyone's turned there, I thought it was great. Everybody coming and sharing. I can't wait till we have a time when there's too many people and we have to say, oh, wait a minute. You'll have to come next week. So anybody who feels led to share, um, definitely do that next week. Um, essentially me coming up here, Andrew coming up here. We're just another people, another members in the body that are coming up to share. Uh, we're no different or anything. So we need people to come up and share because you're going to say something that the Holy Spirit has given you that the Holy Spirit hasn't given one of us that somebody in the crowd needs to hear. So it's extremely important. Uh, you know, Christianity isn't like ping pong. It's not a, just a one-player sport. It's football, you know. It's a teamwork. You all have to work together. One person messes up. It's all messed up. So once again, to segue into um, 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to dive into it. For just as the body is one and has many members and all members of the body, though many are one, so it is with Christ. Very interesting. It goes through and it talks about the body and the members. And it's going back and forth. It's saying, hey, look, there's many members, one body, many members, one body. It's just trying to illustrate that, yeah, we're all one and we're all multiple where we're all functioning. We're all doing something Individually, we all have individual gifts, but as you'll see, we all have one Holy Spirit that unites us all, and we're all going towards a common goal. And what's interesting is, with it talking about the body, I got thinking, I'm like, okay, well, with the body, you have hands, you have feet, uh, feet for walking, hands for doing work and stuff. Now, if you don't have feet or your, or your legs don't work, you can still get around, it's just more difficult. 
Same with um, people in the church. If you have a certain gift and you're not bringing it to the body, um, the body has to improvise. We have to get around somehow, but we're not going to be able to get around as efficiently, meaning we're not going to be able to further the kingdom as efficiently as we could if you are coming with your gift. So the gift isn't just the one person up here talking to everybody. The gift is every individual in this whole entire congregation has something that they need to give to the body to make it function so that we're not just walking but running to the goal and we're working with all our might with our hands. Um, and also Christ is part of that body. He's our head. He's, he controls us. For in one spirit... We all baptize into one body. And what's really cool is a couple weeks ago, we had two baptisms. Um, I don't see them here tonight, but Matt and Chad. And all of us have been baptized. As soon as you're baptized, according to Scripture, you're into one body. But the one body, of course, has many members. And then it goes into saying, hey, look, it doesn't matter who you are. So it's Jews or Greeks, slaves, free, all were made to drink of one spirit. And um, I kind of got a little bit ahead of myself. I want to draw back and, and throw this at the very beginning. So remember what I just said, and then I'm going to place this at the beginning, and then it will flow a little bit better. The reason he's touching base with this, give me a little grace, first, first sermon, a little grace, a little grace. <laughs> Why he's saying all of this is because the Corinthians church were doing, they were going with the gifts, and they all were like, doing the gifts like crazy. So he had to put parameters around it. He said, you know, if you're speaking in tongues, two, no more than three. Prophesy, two, no more than three because people were just going essentially crazy and God's a God of order. So Paul had to come and he had to put some structure around it. Well, another thing they were also doing was they were more or less comparing and putting certain gifts above other gifts. I mean, we don't do that today, of course. We're much more civilized than the Corinthians church, right? We don't put any gifts above any other gifts. Um, of course not. So I just want to put that at the uh, beginning. So mentally put that at the beginning, and then we'll continue on. Um, so that's what Paul's discussing right now. One thing that's interesting, talking about drinking of the Spirit, um, it's always intriguing to me whenever I see drinking of, this, drinking of something, water, um, in the scriptures because in their area it's very dry, it's desert area, so thirst, dying of thirst, uh, is much more common than you're going to have in Maine in America. We don't have a lot of desert in Maine, so we can find water almost anywhere. Um, I remember a time me and my friends were on the Appalachian Trail and uh, we were young and we didn't know what we were doing and we thought that we read the map correctly but we were about, uh, about five miles off from where we were supposed to be and there was supposed to be a stream that we were supposed to get water from but we misjudged by about five miles and it was the uh, middle of summer. Well, we happened to go by a pond, though, which isn't the smartest thing to drink from. But I remember being so thirsty that I didn't care, and I drank from it anyway. Well, caught over a lot. I never got sick or anything, but it wasn't a smart thing to do. So looking back to that, that's the closest thing I can draw, and I can imagine in that region how it must have been. But I mean, then 
I got to this spot, and it's up north, and it was like this clear river, and it was so cold, and I remember drinking, and it just felt so good going down my throat, and I could just feel the coolness of it, and it was just an unbelievable, like, physical experience, and like, when you drink of the spirit and the totality of it, just the unbelievable feeling that it is, and then when we do that as a whole body, how unbelievable that's going to be, and we can all drink together as one because we all share one spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't chopped up into a bunch of different individual spirits plugged into all of us. All of us have the same exact spirit residing in all of us. Um, So moving along. I think it's interesting from a medical point of view. When, when you drink water into your body, it permeates to every cell in your body. Oh, yeah. You know, just like when we have the church, we have the Holy Spirit, it permeates to every cell, every, every body in the church. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a cool picture. We drink it and we spread it out For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an ear, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he choose. So, like, that's, like, a big thing that, like, um, and even, I guess, personally myself, still trying to figure out what's my gifting, what's my gifting, where, like, for instance, I'm borrowing, uh, I'm borrowing... Where's Brian? I lost Brian. There he is. I borrowed his, uh, his Kindle. I'm reading through a book that he suggested. And everything that's highlighted in Brian's book, well, okay, 90% of what's highlighted in Brian's book has to do with evangelism. If you want to take a guess at what Brian's gift is, you just read through his book. And almost everything that's highlighted has to do with evangelizing uh, the lost. So, like, and when he speaks about there's a passion about it, um, What's dangerous is folks um, look to superhero Christians, either, oh, well, they go to Planned Parenthood, they're superhero. He comes up here, he preaches superhero Christian. Well, that's a big problem because if you think that somebody else's gift is better than your gift, then you have to question the giver of your gift to see if he really gave you the correct gift. And you may want to get and talk to him about that because I would feel that you would probably be in the wrong, not him. So um, that is an, um, that can get very dangerous, and uh, and jealousies can can occur in that. So just because maybe teaching, you want to be a good teacher, but you just don't have that gift. I just would urge seek your gifting and see. And just like as you guys can see. Teaching is not my gift, but when there's a when there's a 
hole that needs to be filled, then I'll step in. Just like Planned Parenthood, Andrew is gone. Brian can't be within 50 feet of the building. So then I go down and I open here, preach um, the best I can. And I just pray that the spirit moves on somebody. And, and it was the same prayer that I had uh, at home before I came down here tonight. I just want the spirit to speak to somebody or multiple people about this um, because it's very important. All right, in 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts we are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, given greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So I just wrote a whole bunch there. I'll say one thing. There's a, there's a common theme with... Hey, there it seems like one body part's looking at the other body part, uh, either wanting to be it or saying it's not that great. And then it goes along to say that, um, but God has so composed the body. So when he composes the body, the body's made up of many members and God has composed that, meaning he's given each of us certain gifts that if we live them out in fullness and we all come around each other and we're all active in our giftings that we have had from the Lord that we are going to be able to do unbelievable things even with a small amount of people in comparison to the city. Um, I can't remember the statistics, but um, and if anybody knows, Brian, you might know, or Kyle or John, you may know, LGBT um, make up, what, 3% of all the population, 5% of the population, and they now, we're now gay marriage is legal um, nationwide. So small group of people can do huge work, but they all have to be on mission together. They all have to have the same spirit, and, uh, and they have the same spirit. <clears throat> Another thing that's crazy is if one member suffers, all suffer together. So if you see somebody in pain, it should also grieve you too because you shame, you share the same spirit and you want to work together with them. If you're a hand, they're a foot. You guys should be working together. Nobody should be glad if they see somebody suffering or going through something bad. We should be just as sorrowful, if not more, than they are. And then, so you get suffer and suffer. Then it goes, if one member is honored, all rejoice together. So then there should be a rejoicing. If somebody has some sort of an honor or something, there shouldn't be a jealousy there and wishing it was you being honored. You should be rejoicing. You should be just as happy, if not more happy, for them that they have some sort of honor bestowed upon them to just rejoice because that is from the Father, and to be jealous of it and wanting it for yourself is from, is from Satan. And you can see that from the beginning of Satan wanting stuff for himself.
now we're heading in. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. So then we can see that now, yep, we're a body. We've been seeing that, individual members. Now Paul says, hey, look, you're the body of Christ. So now he brings it in that this is your purpose. This is who you should be imaging and presenting yourself as, as much as you can of Christ together as one whole member, uh, one whole body, and different members in that body to come together as one. And it's under Christ's headship. Following Christ, I mean, that was a essentially that was how um, the Jews or Romans or both would make fun of the early Christians as they would call them Christians. Essentially, they'd call them little Christ running around and acting like this Jesus who died and then mysteriously uh, disappeared. So it was actually to make fun of Christians. Uh, it wasn't any sort of like, hey, that's good, you're a Christian. It was making fun of them. Um, but now it's like it's such an honorable thing. And it was for them too. I'm sure they were honored to be made fun of and, and for them crucified for Christ. Um, are we able to get made fun of for Christ if our gift, <laughs> if our gift pushes us to crazy lengths? Are we willing to go there with Jesus? Are you willing to go as far as he went, you know, and bear your cross? Uh, yeah, sometimes it's tough, you know. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. And then, so now we're starting to see, okay, now he's kind of listing off what these members kind of look like. Now, this isn't a totality list. There's even more than this, but um, this gives us a, a preview of a good portion of them. And it's cool because now we've been, we officially rented this building November 6th of 2014. So it's been over a year that we've been in the building. Before that, we were in the park. And what's cool is even seeing back when it was in my living room in real, real early days of Cell 53, we would get together and we're like, hey, how can we, you know, affect the city? Let's go down every Tuesday to Kennedy Park from 5 to 9 and do family worship. Well, there was um, not, well, 10 with Kate and uh, Kate there too. In the living room and even at that small stage, you see everybody's giftings come out and we all had a meeting. There was no one leader that said, we're going to do this, this, and this. We all talked about it. We all brainstormed. We still do meetings to this day. If, if anybody... And meetings at Cell 53 are open to everybody. If we have a meeting um, that happens after church, anybody can come sit in it. We don't do membership at Cell 53. You can sit in it and you can, and you can have your um, viewpoint. And there's been many times that we've had unbelievers in our meetings and they come up with a good idea. It's not just limited to... So 53 people, Christians, everybody can be at the meetings because everybody has uh, something to bring to the table and we all believe the unbelievers will be believers someday. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. Gradualism, right, Brian? Now it's interesting. Now he goes to a bunch of questions. So he just uh, 
did a bunch of statements, and he starts asking these questions. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongue, do all interpret? So he's pretty much saying, look, everybody has their own gift. Don't keep looking to everybody else's gift. Um, You don't, nobody has all of the gifts. We all are specialists in one gift. Now, I will say some people have more than one gift, but even the people that have multiple gifts, usually there's one really strong gifting. And I'll be really encouraged and real curious to see as we move forward this year, everybody in here um, and people that aren't present, what they're going to look like when they start stepping into their gift and what their primary gift's going to look like and some of their more secondary gifts and see them grow in it and see them come to meetings or come up here and do what I'm doing or sharing and see how that... um, how that's going to look. That's really exciting to see people growing in the Lord um, before our eyes, pretty much. We've been doing this for a year, so there's some people that it's been really, really encouraging. Um, and he says, But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still, show you a still more excellent way. I feel like, and I mean... Anybody can question me and everything. I feel like he's segueing into love there because the next chapter is a famous chapter 13, the chapter of love. I feel like when he says, and I'll show you still more excellent way, I feel like he's segueing in saying, look, now I'm going to start talking about love. And this is a more excellent way because love permeates everything. And that's no special gift that is for one member. All of us should have love. And love should touch all of our members and and all of our giftings as um, members. So, with kind of wrapping up, I want to go and do an application of what we've kind of discussed and gone through. I want to say a big thing is um, to be praying about your gifting. And please don't just throw up a prayer while you're driving to work or you're eating your meal or you're blessing your meal and you say, hey, what's my gift? Like, get away, quiet, closet, bedroom, wherever you need to get, shut off media, shut off everything, and just you and the Lord commune together. Because if you're like, "Uh, I don't have a gift, but you never even seek the giver, you'll never figure out what your gift really is. Seek the giver and seek him with your whole heart um, and he will show you your gifting. Um, On that point, I'll go to Romans 8.32. says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And I think it's such a cool verse because it says also with him, meaning God and Jesus with him. They're like working together to give us all things. So I mean, if he gives his only begotten son for us, 
how much more he's going to bestow essentially almost lesser gifts because Jesus is the greatest gift that we could ever have because salvation would not be possible without him. So I just want to give that as a scripture along with your prayer time. Um, For me personally, sometimes it helps to pray on certain scriptures when I'm communing with the Lord because the Holy Spirit wrote all scripture. So if I'm going to talk to the Holy Spirit, I want to be talking to him about what he wrote also. So that's the prayer end of it, which is the most important. And then I'll say that there's a practice end to it. So say you're in your closet and you're praying and all of a sudden you've been diligently praying and really seeking for your gifting and and you're like, man, I kind of feel like I'm just going to say prophecy, but all gifts pertain here. Say you're like, oh, I feel like prophecy. I feel like I kind of have something and whatnot. Well, the next step is practicing it. So I have three, um, I have three things that I will say um, for practicing three different um, gifts. Um, you guys don't have to go and um, look them up. You can read along with me if you want. But first one's in Hebrews five fourteen. And it's, uh, it says, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So it's saying, okay, you think you have the gift of discernment? The way that that gets refined and you understand it better is because you can, you've had time of distinguishing between good things and bad things. Well, that's a time thing. That's just a practice. If anybody's played any sports, you don't get good right off. You have to practice. You have to practice shooting. You have to practice throwing. Things are practice. And then back to um, Corinthians. The next two are in Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 14. First one's 14.29. It says, Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. And my focus in this scripture is just the weighing of it and being called, um, you're also called to test prophets. Well, one way that a prophet is going to learn is from other people around them. So, everybody, if you feel like you have the gift of prophecy, you got to have some thick skin because it's okay for people to say, I don't know if that's really true or not. So you have to be able to deal with that and then see what ends up happening from it. Does it come to pass? Two ways of testing is, does it actually something come from it, the prophecy? And does it line up with Scripture? If it doesn't line up with Scripture, we throw it out. It's not prophecy. And if it doesn't come to pass, and that obviously can be loose term because uh, unless they get a certain timeline on it you got some um, one way to tell if God's speaking to you for another person is when God speaks to you first about it so if yeah. it confirms what God's already saying that is a good way to tell yeah that's true yeah I didn't think about that one you're right Tiffany thank you yeah for sure that is another way to tell um, and just like everybody knows um, probably the story most likely in here of, um, of my wife having the prophecy of this building, um, seeing it visually when, she's, when she was in her time uh, with the Lord, 
and also the amount 400 a month. And if anybody knows, this was supposed to be $900 a month for this space, and he ended up taking the 400. It's a, it's a longer um, story than that, but in a nutshell, that is kind of what happened. So then we say, okay, well, she said the prophecy before anything happened, and we talked, and now we're here for 400 a month. Okay, well, that seems like the prophecy came true. Now, what Tanya can do with that information is she can say, okay, I had a certain feeling when I had that vision. I have to remember that feeling because the more I remember that feeling, the more I'm going to understand the voice of the Lord. I have a dog. Everybody in this room can tell him to sit. But if I tell him to sit, he's going to sit faster than all of you because he knows my voice. Now listen, you need to start learning the voice of the Lord. And the only way you can truly know it is by trial and error, essentially. Because sometimes, and Tanya may even have had experience where she felt like she was hearing something and then it didn't come to pass. Well, now she knows the voice of not of the Lord. So that's huge and that's through practice. So do not get discouraged and do not feel funny to step out in faith sometime at cell if you feel like you have something for somebody. Um, and the last thing, um, just for another testing, is uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 27 and 28. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three. And right there we have the uh, where there's a God of order there because the Corinthians were going crazy. And each in turn and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. So there's room for, well, you spoke in tongues. Nobody interprets now. Of course, there's always, if somebody's embarrassed to give the interpretation. A lot of times I've never heard of any church where someone had the interpretation and they were shy or thought they were wrong, kept quiet. I've only ever heard 100% of the time, and this doesn't mean it's 100%, it's just what I've heard, that somebody else starts saying the interpretation and usually the first five to ten words match up to that person what they were exactly thinking and they were always like discouraged that they didn't go out and say it so once again that person yeah it was a failure but failures are encouraging because failures mean okay now I can hear now that guy just got to experience okay that's what the voice of the Lord sounds like so as we go on prayer closet and if you feel like you're led in a certain gifting, start practicing in that gift. And it might be that you misheard from the Lord and that's not your gift and you're practicing this gift and it just doesn't go anywhere. Well, keep going into your prayer closet until you find what you fit into. And like, just like Brian, evangelism, it's very clear, permeates every part of his life. The guy's on trial. He can't go by Planned Parenthood in 50 feet. How many people do you know that aren't allowed within 50 feet of Planned Parenthood? He's the only one I know. So, um, with that said, I'm finishing out there. I'm proud of you, Brian. It's, it's actually an awesome thing. I love, I'm glad I know Brian that he got kicked out of there. We're like, we're famous for getting kicked out of places here at Cell 53. We've done it ever since the beginning. But all for, all for Jesus, all for Jesus. Yeah. All right, I'm going to pray us out. Dear Jesus, just... Thank you 
for this body and just thank you for all these many members and Lord just do a mighty work in each individual and do a mighty work as our body as whole Lord that we just will take the city with these people in this room by coming together with all of our individual gifts, bringing them together as one giant body, and that we just walk through this city, walk through this town, that Jesus, just you are glorified, Lord, and just when we look out on the benches, there isn't uh, brown paper bags with Colt 45s in them, Lord, but there's Bibles spread out on those benches out in Kennedy Park, and there are people that are worshiping your name, and Lord, that they just are loving on you, and that they know their gifts, and that they're spreading out to the city and to the country, Lord, and that we just, Lord, that we just bring your kingdom in totality, and just thank you, and that we love you so much, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Cell 53, Proclaiming the Kingdom of God for the Sake of the City. For more resources, visit cell53.com.